Okay, so last week we, uh, we dive right back in into Sefer Yeshua. So we were talking about the Maisa of the Jewish people's conquest in the second city of Eretz Yisrael, after Yerichai, the city of Ai. So again, I'm not going to repeat it, but as we know, that our initial attempt at, at conquering Ai did not work. It was an Aveir, the Jewish people sinned prior to that, so we didn't have the Siat Deshmaya. So our first attempt didn't work. And so what we learned last week was the Jewish people's second attempt into conquering Ai. And that is something that Bezashem was successful. And so we saw that, that, that the way, the way, the way Yeshua Nun understood that, it's, uh, that we're going to work is by attacking the city of Ai, B'darach Eretz. The ways of this world, not, uh, not relying on just open miracles, the ways of this world, B'darach Eretz. And again, like I, like I mentioned last week, the, there was a strategy in place. This is the first time the Jewish people uh, collectively accomplished something uh, specifically militarily with uh, strategy, with thinking about Hayalma, uh, ways of this world, the limitations of nature. And so, <coughs> and so the way it was, as I mentioned before, that he split the army into two groups. The uh, part of the army in the, the cover of night went around the back to behind the city, waiting, waiting there, and then the front, then the, uh, the other part of the army by daybreak attacked the city head on, and the city of Ai were overconfident, and so they come out to attack the, which, which they, what they think is the entire army in front of the city. And what we saw last week is that the Pella is that Ai, in their overconfidence, they emptied out their, their entire city. All able-bodied men were emptied out of the city to attack the Jewish people. And when they were already outside of their protected uh, walls, so now the Yeshuvah gave the signal, and the half of the army that's behind the, that's behind the city came out, Surrounded the whole thing, and we were able to uh, to conquer the city of Ai. So, what we talked about last week, what this tells us in Avodas Hashem, is that we we start talking about this Indian of Derech Eretz. Again, this is the first time the Jewish people are functioning the Derech Eretz in a way of the way of nature, acknowledging the world of Gvulim, the world of of boundaries, of limitations, of uh, not just you know, be open miracles, breaking all rules. The world of limitations, that's what Derech Eretz means, right? Derech Eretz on all levels means to be, to be reined in, to be reined in. And what we saw is that, ironically, Davka, when the Jewish people are embracing this way of Derech Eretz, we overcome the city of Ai because Ai breaks the basic rules of Derech Eretz. The basic rule of Derech Eretz is gvulim, restraint, holding in. But Ai, what they do is, Davka at this moment, is they empty out their city, completely breaking, you know, completely, uh, 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 you know, not living in a way of Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz means restraint, and I were completely unrestrained. They emptied out their city, and that was their own downfall. So the Jewish people right now in the city of Ai are establishing this mahalach that's called Derech Eretz, which means recognizing limitations and embracing limitations. Now, we, we were mamik in this. We deepened our understanding of this last week, and we're going to continue with that this week, Ben Hashem. In the world of Ishbitza Radzin, and Rabbi Tzadik will see it today also, that by the Ishbitzer, when we talk about Derech Eretz, this isn't just, you know, again, uh, you know, acknowledging our own limitations. This is a way, th- th- this is a, a version of Torah that's called a Torah of Derech Eretz. What we saw last week is, is that there are two, that, that the Torah that we have, the Torah that we were given, is a Torah that, 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 um, that demands, demands of us to, come close to Hashem and find the Rabbanu in our lives through gavulim, through embracing 
our limitations and through controlling ourselves. We talked about this, how before the Mabal and after the Mabal, right? That the, the covenant that Hashem made with Noyach, the, the rainbow and so on, that the problem with the world before the Mabal is that the world was not embracing this Mahalach of Derech Eretz, the, 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 the Mahalach of the human being, and even psychologically we saw it was, that the human being was made up in such a way before the Mabal where there was no sense of natural limitation. There was no, there was no sense of holding oneself in at all. It was just complete hispashtas, complete, just emptying out the city of I on all levels. And it felt completely unnatural for a person to hold himself back on any level. Noach was a tzaddik, he held himself back, but it wasn't... It wasn't with that, uh, it, didn't, it didn't feel natural to him. As a result of the Mabal, what we saw last week from Nezhbetzer is that the Rabbani Shalom implanted within the human being a natural sense of Derech Eretz, which means that, that, it, that, it, that it's no longer natural for a human being to be completely like the city of Ai, to empty out all your kaiches. We saw this, uh, this is psychologically true, this is physically true, that we're limited with how much energy we could, uh, we could express, you know, and it's also true spiritually, that the way of Avodah Hashem now, oh, and Avodah Hashem that that is able to, to, uh, to function in the world and be able to be successful in the world is a Torah that is, is, is an Avodah Hashem which is about boundaries, about boundaries. And we saw this, that every single mitzvah that we have, negative mitzvahs certainly are about holding in, and even positive mitzvahs are extremely, extremely specific, right? I mean, outside of our world, right? Like if you, if you have a meeting or something, a business world, the meeting is uh, 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock, 10 whatever the time is, not... 8.52. There's no such thing, right? But by us, when the Sabbath is my Kriyishma, 9.08. Right? Like the, the, our way of thinking is extremely, extremely specific. That's how we do, right? The, the Tzvillin Shaliyat have to be here. If it's a little bit off, you're The Tzvillin Shaliyat is a little bit beyond the, the hairline, you're not It's very, very rigid. And then this is not just done because uh, the Torah wants to make us crazy. It's because since we are living, we are living in a world and we have within ourselves such chaotic inyanim, and such waters of, of taiva and kinna and all the inyanim. And so if we were to be allowed to just be mispashe, to just completely, you know, let, let ourselves free, let ourselves loose, as I mentioned last week, a part of ourselves that would be the first to sign up for that philosophy is the part of us that's more animalistic. And so because the human being, because we have so much, let, let, let's put it this way, we have like dark inyanim inside of us, Therefore, the Rabbanu Shloylam understood that the way of that the way that's healthy for us, both psychologically, physically, and even spiritually, is to find a path to Hashem with boundaries. That's based on boundaries. Is only and only within that universe of boundaries can you then find the Rabbanu Shloylam. That's what we saw last week. But what we did see, though, however, towards the end, and we'll see. We'll, we're going to deepen our appreciation of this right now. Is that all of this, this entire way of of, of, of uh, engaging with Yiddishkeit and recognizing that our only way to connect to Rabbi Nishalom is by a Yiddishkeit of like 908, you know, in that type of way. And the Rabbi Nishalom to us in this world is only found in these rigid boundaries. And if only a person that's, that, 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 that lives a, bound, a, 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 a guarded life, a life of Gvulim, is someone that's able to find the Rabbani Shloylam. This is all not really, I say the words, it's, it, it, this is not Torah in its purest form. It's not really the way it's supposed to be. As I said, this is all a result of the fact that we are full of, 
of darkness and chaos and in Yonim, and so we have no, the Rabbanish Nol and I have no choice, but the way the Rabbanish set up the system is that, that the Torah is, 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 is matched to what we, we, what we need. What we need. But that's not Torah in its purest form. Derech Eretz, everything we're talking about is defined as the Torah of Derech Eretz, but Derech Eretz is Kadula Torah. Because Torah in its purest form is much deeper than that. The t- what, what is the Torah in its purest form? No. So Torah in, the, in its purest form is not something rigid at all. See, it's an amazing thing. Like, let's say, I, I, you know, I, I give an example of like Zman Kriyishma, right? So, let, let, let's, so the Mitzvah of Kriyishma, right? So the Mitzvah of Kriyishma, really there's two forms to this, two levels to the Mitzvah of Kriyishma. There's the Mitzvah of Kriyishma as it fits in our world, the Kriyishma of Derech Eretz. And that's a Kriyishma of, you want to find the Rabbani Shloilam? Then the God that you're going to be able to find to connect to has to, you have to, you have to, you have to be willing to live a life of 908. And if you live a life of 908, whatever that means, you know, in a broader sense, gvulim and boundaries, holding yourself in, being specific, being focused, that's, then you're going to be able to find the Rabbanishim in your life. That's the mitzvah of Derech Eretz. That's Krishma within the structure of Derech Eretz. But you know, Chazal says, schar mitzvah, mitzvah. That the reward for a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. So what does that mean? It's just like, it means that if we perform Krishma and we do Krishma in our world, in our way of Derech Eretz, the reward for that what, what we're then zaycha to is the purest form of Kriyashma, which is expansiveness. Every mitzvah in its purest sense, in its purest form, is just a gateway to the Rabbani Shalom himself. And who is the Rabbani Shalom? The Rabbani Shalom is infinite and completely expansive. So here's the irony, right? Our ticket into that, into that place of infinity is by living very rigidly. So by living, by keeping Torah and mitzvahs, all 613, and out in, in, a, in a context of Derech Eretz, that allows us, which is very limited and very structured and very rigid. And, and as we live in this rigid, rigid and structured world, and we need that for our personal boundaries and, and the inyan that we have inside, that's the only way right now to connect the Rabbanish Shlomo. But when we do that, then we're going to be Zaychab as Hashem to then fulfill the mitzvahs, those same mitzvahs, in a way of expansiveness. And let me give you an example of this. And again, right now it's all theoretical, but I'll, uh, we'll, we'll see practically what this means a little bit. Take a look at the, the Maramakamis that you have in front of you. So this is, uh, like I said, it's, it's heavy Ishvitz uh, Rapsadik. <clears throat> Next week, Bez Hashem, we'll, we'll see more of the Leshem. We'll see where, where else this takes us. And what's amazing is, by the way, Bez Hashem, next week we'll see that all of this Torah, and this is just a little bit of a taste of a, of a very, very big Sogi in Yiddishkeit. This is all... It, it's an amazing thing. This is all contained in the writings of the Rizal in Mamish, half a sentence, like not even a sentence. It's just uh, like a small little tiny Nakuda. And what's amazing is about, about Pimis Atayra is that one small Nakuda from the Rizal, you, invest, you look into it, Kol Atarakula is there. And, it complete, and one little tiny <coughs> drop from the Rizal changes your entire perspective of Yiddishkeit. There's a Chiddish there's a, there's a to many people, that there's two versions to mitzvahs. There's a Torah of Derech Eretz, there's a Torah, there's, the, there's a way to connect to Hashem, which is, which, which is of nowadays, which is rigid and structured, but, then, but that's not Torah in its purest form. The Torah in its purest form is a Torah of expansiveness. And this is, like I said, this is a, it changes Yiddishkeit, and, and it's all from a little dot in the Kisheri. We'll see that by Hashem next week. But let, let's see together insights. So the first Marokim you have 
is, um, is from a piece from the Meishilech from Ishvitzer in Parshas Tetzave. Okay? So the Ishvitzer is talking about over there, Parshas, you know, Truma Tetzave is talking about the Meishu Rabbeinu tells us about building the Mishkan, right? All the vessels. That's, Truma is primarily about uh, the structure of the Mishkan, the, the, the building itself, the vessels. And then Tetzave talks about the clothing of the Kohen God on the Kahanim. So the Trum, so Truma is about the structure, really, and Tetzav is about the people working inside. <clears throat> the only exception to that, or one of the, the major exception to that, is the Mizbeh Hazav, the inner altar. The altar on the outside, in the courtyard, that was used for animal sacrifices. That's a, that's a vessel, that's in Parshas Truma. There's an inner altar in the Mishkan that was used for Ketoris, for burning incense. That's also a vessel, it should be in Parshas Truma. But for whatever reason, it's at the end of Parshas Tetzave, it's in Parshas Tetzave. So you have to figure that out. That's the question that he's dealing with. So he says like this, All the vessels of the Mishkan, they're all in Parshas Truma. That's the, uh, that's the parsha that talks about the vessels. Except for the golden altar, that's in Parshas Tetzave. Why? So he says like this, It says in the Zara Kaddish, It's amazing thing. The Zara says, what's Ketairas? Again, Ketairas that's what was burnt on the inner altar. So what's Ketairas? So the Zara says the word Ketairas comes to the word Ketura, which means bound. Ketura de Kula says the Zara Kodesh that Ketairas represents our Torah in its purest form, which is that everything bound to Hashem, an expansiveness, that there's nothing, there are no boundaries at all, even things that you would think of as being outside the boundary of holiness, still holy. Ketairis is made of 11 spices, right? 11 is a number that always means, that always is, is, is a number that's usually associated with things that are negative. So for example, we have the 10 sons of Haman, right? Plus Haman. So that's 11, right? So 11 is, you know, a, 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 10 is a complete system, right? 10 is the Shalim. Kol HaMaisif is Gereya, right? You add, you add to something perfect, right? You add a little, you know, mustache to the Mona Lisa, so, and it could be the mustache was drawn perfectly, but uh, it's not supposed to be in the Mona Lisa, so it's Amaisif is Gereya. So 10 is perfect. All of a sudden you add one, now, now, now it's imperfect. So 11 is always a number of imperfection, even as everyone knows, right? One of the ingredients of the Ketairis is Chalbana, which does not smell nice, right? Chazal say based on that, that every minion has to have a Chalbana to a person, so we could all volunteer, you know? That's, uh, that's uh, the Chazal say such a thing. So, and yet, despite the fact that it's 11, and despite the fact that it's Chalbana, it's, we're makrovit Hashem. Not only is it a carbon, see, most carbonists are only, only offered to Hashem, part of it is offered to Hashem, right? So even an oila, for example, which is an animal, that the whole thing is sacrificed to Hashem, but the truth is it's not like that. The Gemara says, for example, that the, if, let's say, uh, if you have a sheep or something, then you're offering it to Hashem as a carbon oila, and, uh, and the, the, horns, the horn snaps off or something, that doesn't have to go on the Mizbeach. So the skin doesn't go on the Mizbeach, Right? So not every, even an oila, which is a carbon, which is an animal sacrifice that we usually think of as oila, the whole thing is, it's really not the whole thing, right? The only real carbon that the entirety of it is sacrificed, without any residue left, is ketairis. So the holding of ketairis means that that which you think was maybe michutz l'machna, it's all kaddish, it's all kaddish. This is an expression of the reality that a Jew will experience when we enter Torah in its purest form. Because turn its purest for it means everything is elikus, but our entrance into that place is only if you prove yourself worthy in this world of derech So when you have derech then you can get to that place of expansiveness. Listen to what the Yishvitzer says again. Kitayra, second line. Kitayra de kula. 
Ketayra says the Zohar Kaddish is the binding together of all things. Hainu. Shemarames says the Yishvitzer means that Ketayra tells us that everything that's done in this world, and again, the classic Yishvitz 4 means even things that are not good, even, God forbid, a virus, things that in the world, in the mode of Derech Eretz, in the world of 908, Zaman Kriyash of 908, th- this does not fit in Kedusha, this is not holy. Says Ketairis, HaKolmakosh of Ratzon Hashem Yisbarach, that's Derech Eretz, and that's Kadmo Tair, but Tair itself, the reality that's going to come when we are able to be Zaycha to experience Tair true, then every single, then, then, then everything is, 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 is Elikos. Then everything is Rabbi Nishlam. And if it wasn't for God's will, nothing could have happened, good or bad. But here's the problem. If you don't have Derech Eretz preceding that, and you're still full of inner chaos, and you have still a lot of darkness, and then, then what? And then you just give in Ketairas, so what's going to happen? So you haven't, been, you haven't been worked through personally. So now, when this truth of Ketairus is given to you, you're going to abuse it. No different than the generations preceding the Mabel, right? They were also given this sense. That's what the, in, the, in the writings of the Ishmael, we find this idea that what, what went wrong in those earlier generations with the Mabel and Kain and Hevel and all, all those things is that the world was still, the, 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 you know, the Ishmael gave a mushroom, he says to a, 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 a loaf of bread right out of the oven. So it's, the oven is hot. Right? That's how it gets baked in the oven. And you take it out, and for the next little bit of time, the bread is still hot. So it still has that, it's almost like if the bread could talk, it's, it would think it's still in the oven. You know what I'm saying? Because it still, it still holds all that heat. So said the Ishmael, the world, the world was right out of the oven by those earlier generations. And the Ishmael said, and because of that, the world had a hard time believing in its own, in its own Bechira in its own sense of free choice, in its own limitations, in its own responsibilities. Because the memory of being part of God was so strong still, it was still, it was still steam coming off of the loaf of bread, that when you told uh, Cain and Hevel, you know, there's such a thing as good, wrong, right and wrong, and there's such a thing as uh, Gehenna, and there's such a thing as uh, evil, and you could l- go to the abyss, and you, could, and you have responsibility, Cain says, yeah, I'm asking 100%. But deep down, Cain's thinking, what are you talking about? That? I, I don't have a grandfather. <laughs> Right, and my, and my my father was created by God Himself, and you're talking about responsibility. You're talking about as if I can mess things up. The whole world is God anyway, and and, and it was because we were so fresh out of the oven. So humanity had a very hard time, like believing in its own sense of responsibility. As time goes on, then the loaf of bread cools down, and now it's a distant memory what it was in the oven. And so, and so the but because those early generations had that very strong memory of what was before this world of limitation. So and they were not worked through. They were not worked through with 908. So it's chaos. It's chaos. So they just, you know, they, they abuse the idea of Ketairis to do whatever they want, and that's exactly that's exactly what happened. So he says like this. So he's, again, with Ketairis itself, a person can can do all sorts of crazy things. right? Everything is going to be. There's a lack of of sense of responsibility, and that's why it's a little bit, you know. Again, you have to. It's always good to, to look at, at the world in, in a pessimistic way. It's, you know, the world is, history is like a circle, right? So we, we start off in that oven, <laughs> by the Rabbani Shalom, Einam and we come out of the oven, and it was like, you know, it's still, you know, the world still thinks, you know, there's still that very strong sense of the Rabbani Shalom's presence in all things, and therefore we don't really believe in our own free will, right? And then slowly but surely, the oven cools off, and we begin, 
not just to believe in our free will, that all we believe in is our free will. Right? We don't even remember anymore there was such a thing as before us. Right? But then as we get closer to Mashiach, the world begins to sort of go back into the oven a little bit. Right? We go back into the oven. So the world begins to believe less and less in its own free will. And philosophies emerge towards the end of time, before Mashiach comes, of whatever you do is okay, because you know, there is no real essential truth to begin with. So where is that coming from? It's a little bit mabaldic. It's a... It's, a, it's the same type of mentality that Cain and Hevel, you know, it's the same type of mentality of there is no right and wrong. Like, there's no, but, but again, it's like, it's, as you get closer and closer to the oven, so there's a little bit, there's a weakening in the belief in your own bechira, in your own sense of responsibility. And the world is like grappling with this right now. But because we have, but because there was such a time, as we saw, of Derech Eretz, but because the Rabbanu Shalom gives us Derech Eretz, so therefore the Jewish people are the only ones, after working through ourselves in that way, in that Torah, the version of Torah as it is in Derech Eretz of 908, so then we're, then we're going to be allowed to enter into that place of pure Torah without worrying, without it being uh, abused. Listen to what the Yishra says. Okay, so because of this, again, what Kataris represents and the fear of only having Kataris right away, that's why the Rabbanu did not reveal Ketairas and the vessel that's used for Ketairas right away in the beginning of Parshas Truma because that's too dangerous for it to be revealed right away. Rather, after the Rabbanu Shalom goes through what? All the clothing of the Kahanim. In Parshas Tetzaveh, so said the Israel, so the Gemara tells us in, a, in Yuma, the Gemara says in a few places that every single one of the big dekuna, the four clothing of the regular kind or eight clothing of the kind gadol, all represent different aspects of, 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 of the tzaddikim, of the kahanim, holding themselves in. Well, that's what clothing are. What, what are clothing? They cover you. They limit you, right? Like I mentioned uh, last week, before the mabul, you know, they, they don't want to be limited at all. They, they, clothing limits. And every single one of the clothing, it says the Gemara, every one of the Begadim represents holding in of one particular taiva, one particular chaos, one particular point of darkness. Therefore, in other words, so if the Ketairis represents Taira, the Begadim of the Kahanim represent Derech Eretz. And Derech Eretz is Kadmo Taira. So therefore the Begadim of Parshish Tetzava have to be in place first to then allow us to have the Ketaris experience at the end of Parshas Tetzavah. Shakai and Paul are David through the Kahanim wearing their big dekuna, that's being piled, believe Kolechad Yisrael, in the heart of every single Jew. Yira Gedayla, a strong sense of Yira. Yira means uh, limitation. The, that, that sense of, um, of, 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 of natural limits. After you have Parashat Tetzavah injecting a sense of Yira and Derech Eretz and restraint in the hearts of the Jewish people, then you can have Ketaris. And you should have Ketaris. But it has to come after Parashat Tetzavah. Look at this. So Maramukah number two. So Ratzadik also, you know, follows the, the path of his Rebbe. So in, in, in Zayvar Tzadik, page 189, Ratzadik tells us that this is something that we find historically as well. And we'll see where this takes us, even in uh, an area of Halach Lamaisa. So Ratzadik says, like Adam the two, let's say, if, if, you know, world history, so you have the first, the first Kufa, the first thousand years, let's say, from Adam until Nayach, right? That's the first Kufa. And then you have Nayach and Tavram and so on. So it says Ratzadik like this, Adam ad Nayach, 
Adam Tanayach is that was a time period where what should have been, and that's Gufu always the way it works, right? Whatever the whatever the whatever you're supposed to be accomplished, right? So the Yitzhar Dafka fights in that area. So what what went haywire in those earlier generations with Derecharts? Everyone stealing from each other, living with just complete without boundaries, without any limitations at all. But that's Gufa says or that's a simon of what of what their body should have been, right? Because Hashem always, you know, it's never supposed to be easy. So whatever the struggle is, that's Gufa where you're supposed to be fighting the hardest. So Davka, from the downfall of humanity and the fact that they had no Derech Eretz, that's a simon of what they were supposed to be working on, which was Derech Eretz. So Over there it should have been the Mahalach of Derech Eretz. The Kol Mitzvah Adam, Hey Mitzvah Derech Eretz. Think about it. Chazal say, we call it Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach, but the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that those Sheva Mitzvahs were really given to Adam. And what are the basic common the basic uh, idea of the of the Shev Mitzvah Limitations. Like the Moral says this, he writes this in in, in Yisrael, that the basic idea of the Shev Mitzvah is what is to create a functional society that people aren't killing each other. You know, and it, it should be reined in. That's what Derech Eretz is about. Pirsh Derech Eretz, Lach to live in the world of finite reality, boundaries, emotional, intellectual, spiritual boundaries. Mashenki not tire, but that's not tire. That's Derech Eretz there's a Torah that's called Derech Eretz, but that's not a Torah in its purest form. What is Torah in its purest form? Hakara Brura Shakul Hashem Levadai. The recognition that everything is, is coming from the Rabbanu Shalom. And, any, and, and, and if we were Zaycha to enter into Torah in its purest form, by any particular mitzvah, then from that place, we would then look at everything, and we would see everything is Kriyishma. You see, everything is the tzitzis, and everything is tefillin, right? Panimus HaTorah has this quality to it, right? You ever notice... When let's say you're hearing a share, whatever is from someone that's like coming from a previous negative perspective, like whatever the topic is, like all of a sudden, Kotar Kula is shotness, right? And like all of a sudden, this Nakuda is able to be found in like everywhere. The answer is because Pneumus Torah is, is, is a taste of, of what Torah is in its purest form, which is everythingness. And every single mitzvah and every single Nakuda that you enter into from that place of Pneumus Torah, you see from there everything. It's like Tyrus. Whereas nigla is not like that. Nigla is lim- it is what it is. Whatever you whatever sugi you're doing, that's what it is. Now the truth is, the truth is, it is interesting that Chazal when they when they formulated the Shnayis or Gemara, which is nigla, which is the word Torah that that's that fits within the str- constraints of this world. Even there, they gave us hints that there's something bigger at play. That's why, for example, Gemara is in such a in such a way that aniim b'makam echad. The Gemara says that you could have, like, like if you just learn Yavamas, for example, and you know Yavamas cover to cover, you still don't know all the halachas of Yivam and Chalitza. Because there are sugis of Yivam and Chalitza in other places in Shas. And if you learn all Masecha Shabbos cover to cover, you still don't, won't know all of Hilcha Shabbos because they're scattered throughout places in the rest of Shas, some aspects of Hilcha Shabbos. Why would you do that? It's not normal. If you're learning any other any other skill, any other science is like not like that. I would imagine that if if there's a book, a textbook, this is this is the textbook about this particular aspect of chemistry, then that's the book they'd have to look. You don't have to look at anywhere else. So Chazal are doing that anyway. There's Masecha Shabbos. So put everything of Shabbos in that Masechta. Why why did why did Chazal say no no no? Most of Shabbos is here, but Lamaisa, you better know all of Shas to be confident enough that you know Hilcha Shabbos. The answer is because Chazal are revealing to us that the truth is. Katyrus is the is the truth. The truth is that everything is everything, and you, this this world of limitations and Yiddishkeit of limitations is just the hachana and akdama to the real truth, which is everything being subsumed in everything else. 
Ptyrus. And so even in Nigla we have this, uh, this idea. So he says, And in comparison to authentic Torah, to truth Torah, then the understanding and the relationship to the Rabbanu Shlalom in a way of Derech Eretz is very, is very limited. It's very limited, very hidden. Like, again, compared to Derech uh, Eretz is usually... Is usually a word that's associated with, with farmers and so on, very pushed to people. That's the key word. That they're in, in the way of Derech Eris, the entire recognition of the Rabbani Shalom comes through limitations and through embracing limitations. And, that's going to be, and therefore that's going to be limited in, in terms of your understanding of the Rabbani Shalom. But again, as we saw, you have to go through that first to then have authentic Torah. Now let me show you an example in the writings of Rav Tzaddik how this plays at Halach Lamaisa. So it's interesting. <coughs> we know, everyone knows that, or something just told us, that those earlier generations from Adam to Noyach, that should have been a time of Derech that, that, that's, that's what should have been done. After Noyach, and the Rabbani Shalom makes that covenant, now the Avaidah changes to what? To Torah, to authentic Torah. What's interesting is, is that Chazal say there was a change also before Noyach to after Noyach, and that is whether you're allowed to eat meat. Right? Everyone knows that before Nayach, they were vegetarians. They were not, there was no hetero to eat meat. After Nayach, so Hashem says to Nech come out of the teva, and now meat is, is on the table. You're allowed, to have, you're allowed to have meat. Okay. Why? Why? So listen to this. By the way, not only is this true historically, even nowadays, obviously meat is, is kosher, if it's, if it's kosher, so then there is still a little bit of a, of a shirayim of of what was before Nayach that you're not allowed to eat meat. What do I mean? So take a look at Marmok number three. It's a Gemara Pesachim. The Gemara says, Tanya, Rebbe Aymer, Am Haaretz, someone who's classified as an Am Haaretz, Aser Lachel Basar. Should not eat meat. He should not eat meat. Shinemar, Zois Taira Sabahim of This is the halachis of an animal, and it uses the word Taira. It means someone that's, about, that's a Talmud Chacham, that's a person that should eat meat. But a person that's classified as an Am Haaretz should not eat meat. Kalaisik Vataira, Motu Lachel Basar Behem of Haif. If a person doesn't study Torah, Now, the Gemara says such a thing of Aser. The Rishonim explains. It doesn't mean Aser like it's treif. It's not treif. But it's, it, it's not something that Amaretz should be engaged in. Okay, fine. One exception. The exception is Shabbos. On Shabbos, the halacha is, everyone should eat meat. Not allowed. Everyone should. Take a look at Maramok number four. So the Shulchan Aruch in Simen Reish Nun, the Hilcha Shabbos, says when it comes to Shabbos, You should increase, eat a lot of meat and drink wine within measure to whatever uh, and have the pleasures that you're able to, to have. That's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. No limitation, only if you're a Tamar Chacham or only like this. No, no, that's the Lach of Shabbos. So you have this interesting thing, right? That a person who's an Amaretz during the six days of the week should not eat Shabbos, should not eat meat. On Shabbos, Davka he should. So what's this Enyan? Why, why, so, why are we avoiding meat for an Amaretz? And why is it only a problem during the six days of the week? So the answer is as follows. Take a look at Marmok number five. This is from Rav Tzadik also in Daivar Tzadik. The reason why the Gemara recommends an Amaretz not eat meat, as opposed to a Tamar Chacham that is allowed to eat meat, and maybe should, is because never When it comes to Talmud Chacham, the Torah says, if you want to eat meat, eat it. And Adarava, the Isa Babakama, the Gemara says in Babakama, the Gemara says in Babakama that there was a certain Amaira that was, his head wasn't like in it that day, he wasn't able to think clearly 100%. And he said, because he didn't eat meat, 
he didn't have a, a flesh meal before he went down to learn. So you see, it's an amazing thing. When it comes to an Amaretz, meat is the last thing. He, he should not eat meat. Atamul Chacham, Davka should eat meat. So that's the strange thing. Minakatz, Lakatz, of one extreme to the next. It says like this, why? What does eating meat do? Eat meat means it, it, eating meat takes away some of those natural mechitzas. It takes away a little bit of those boundaries. It, it, it makes a person a little bit more expansive. It makes a person a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more like this. I'm using my hands for those that are going to listen to the thing. Going like this. It makes, it makes a person a little bit move, a little bit more energy, a little bit more moving. So here's an akuda. If your inyan is still within the world of Derech Eretz, if that's the mode that you're in, then you should not be eating meat. But if you're a person that, although obviously we're all living in Derech Eretz in this world, but you're a person that has a bechin, an aspect in your personal life, you've been zaycha to have a little bit more of the, the level of Torah, authentic, pure Torah, Adraba, you should eat meat. Because the meat is going to help you get to that expansiveness. In other words, what something is telling us is that this, this, this system of Derech Eretz, Kadm Taira, it's true on, on many different levels. It's on an on a, on a, on a extremely large scale. So this entire world that we live in, 120 years, the life that we have is Derech Eretz, is limited. And then after 120, and with Tchiyas Amesim, we'll be able to experience Torah in its purest form. That's true on one level. It's also true on an historical level from Adam to Nayach, that was Derech Eretz. And that's why they were forbidden to eat meat because their Indian was restraint. And then after Nayach, now we're holding by expansiveness, by Avram Avinu, who's chosen to be wealthy and rich and his children are going to be multiple. Expansiveness. But even on a smaller scale, and that's, it's true also, six days of the week to Shabbos. The six days of the week, it's an Indian of Derech Eretz, of limitation, of reining it in of recognizing that there's inyanim in me that I can't allow out. So therefore, an Amaretz should not eat meat. But Shabbos is what? Shabbos is nachla belimitzarim. Shabbos is expansiveness. Shabbos is no longer 908, right? That's what's an amazing thing, right? We find this, to be careful, I'm not saying, I'm not recommending this, I'm not changing the schedule for, for the shul, but we do find no, no, but we do find by the tzaddikim that there's such a thing that on Shabbos, like money tzvil is a little bit, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, they're still waking up early, going to the mikvah and saying all well, them, but all of a sudden, like davening shachar is much later. What's that? During the during the week, there'll be more makbar on zmanim than Shabbos. Why? What Shabbos are just more relaxed. They're not because they're still waking up early and doing all the hachanas. So the answer is because Shabbos, relative to the six days of the week, is pure expansive Torah versus derech eretz. Derech eretz is rigid, limited. That's the six days of the week, where Shabbos is expansive. That's why, by the way, you remember last week I mentioned. That the second luchas, right? The first luchas represent expansiveness, openness, Torah in its purest form. Didn't make it to us. The second luchas, that's a Torah that's rigid, that's limited, and that made its way to our hands. If you remember, we mentioned last week from the Israel that the, one of the basic differences between the text of the first luchas and the text of the second luchas is that in the first luchas it says, Laisirtzach, Laisinav, Laisignav, Laisanabracha, Eitshakar. Each, each uh, command is on its own. Whereas in the second luchas, it's loy sirtzach, ve loy sinav, ve loy signav, ve loy that letter vav. The letter vav, which means everything has its own space and we're giving space. Loy sirtzach is giving room for loy and loy is giving room for loy but the letter vav. 
Vav is the Gematria what? Six. That's the six days of the week. That's why if you remember also in Parashas Noyach, when the Rabbanu Shalom promises that the world is going to go on forever and we're going to have a world of Derech Eretz, so the, the, we saw this last week in Nishbetzer that the letter Vav is very significant, that Hashem said that Kayetz, V'chayrev, V'charish, V'katsir, V'yayim, V'layla, so it said the letter Vav six times. Vav six times. Because the inn of Derech Eretz is six, the six days of the week. Shabbos is expansiveness. Nachla so, Belimitzar. So an Amma Aretz during the six days of the week can't eat meat. But on Shabbos he could eat meat. A Tamar Chacham who's connected to that world of Torah, even in the six days of the week could eat meat. And that's what's going on over here. So it's all, so again, this idea of Derech Eretz Kadma Torah is playing itself out on all different levels, all different, uh, all different uh, scales of time and different people. <clears throat> so Shabbos is a different person. Shabbos is a different person. If he, yeah, that's the point. Shabbos is a different person. It's an under mention Shabbos. Like the Gemara says to Yushalmi that Amaretz on Shabbos is even if you can't trust him during the week with Kashras on Shabbos you can because on Shabbos is a different person. What's ironic, by the way, is that for those that are like sort of outside of Shabbos and never really you know, unfortunately, never really ex- experienced a Shabbos authentically, they look at Shabbos as so limited, right? That's the irony of it, right? That Shabbos is like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. And so it's, it's funny, because Shabbos in its purest, in what it is really, is mamish expansiveness. But, but it's also the same thing. Like, but you have to, to enter into that expansiveness, you have to like, hold you, put the phone down, you know, and not drive the car, and not go to work. So there is a level of reign of, of Derech Eretz that even within Torah it requires that, right? So, but, but again, those are on the outside, look at Shabbos as a prison, Chas But really, that w- 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 people that know, we know that it's not like that. It's Adrab, it's Mamesh uh, expansiveness, it's freedom. That's what Shabbos is. So he says like this, again, second line in Maramukah number five, which just go through it quickly. Again, meet creates this expansiveness, this openness. And if the person is, 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 is able, is, is holding by this, by this place, it can make the heart become expansive to Torah. Just like the story in the Gemara, that the Tamar Chach, the Amira, wasn't uh, his mind wasn't working so well because he didn't have, have, have meat. But an Amoritz, who's not connected to the world of Torah so much, so what's his Avoida? His Avoida is Derech so in that case, then he shouldn't be eating meat. If he were to eat meat and expand himself, he's still holding by that avayda of, of holding in, of, of building those dams and building those infrastructures. So vadimarishin, that's that's where it's success. Therefore, on a, on a larger scale, on a, on a human, on the on human race level, so vadimarishin, those first ten generations, because like our tzaddik said before, that was a tekufa that was primarily about derecheretz. Vasara dairas heim kaimashlema. And so 10 generations, 10, like we said, is a number of perfection. So after 10 generations, even though with all the chaos over there, they stop, we resolve to have a, a, a system in place of Derech Eretz. Hashem makes a covenant with Noyach. Derech Eretz is now sealed. And now we can move on to the next system to build, which is Torah. And therefore, Adarabah, now meet is mutter. Now meet is permitted. So he says, Derech Eretz is now finished. We move into a new time period of Torah, which is Avram Avinu. 
and Mayimist Torah, that's why they were destroyed with the water, because what should have been at that moment is the beginning of the next era of Torah. So until Avram Avinu, it's all it's all the hachana to Tyra, and then from ready again after Noach to leading to Avram Avinu, it's Tyra itself, and that's what's going on over here. So these are the two different different versions of two different ways of Torah. But again, going back to what we said before from the beginning of the Ishmitzer, is that only after. Uh, 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 having that way of Derech Eretz within yourself, will you then be Zaycha to enter into the Torah in its purest form? Now, what we're still going to we'll stop with this, Bez Hashem, what we're going to see next week, just to finish off the sugya, is... Okay, fine. So, so until now, we have this idea. So, fine. Torah in its purest form is everything. It's Torah. But be, be, because we have, like, darkness inside of us, so we're only allowed into that place if we've proven ourselves, if we've clarified ourselves in the way of Derech Eretz. The next question we're going to have to answer is, okay, so what happens when you cross over that threshold and you get to the Ketiris, right? And you get to Tyre in its purest form. Like, was everything, was all the limitations until that point just purely allowing you entrance and giving you access to this higher place? But once you get to that other higher place, then, they're not, then all limitations are you know, completely unnecessary and all, of, and all the ways of Derech Eretz was just a hachana to that place? Or no, 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 even when you get to that place, there's actually some tachlis to carry with you some of the residual effects of Derech Eretz. In other words, like, you know, like when you have a, I don't know, like a secret knock to get into, you know, a place. So once you're inside, you don't need the knock anymore. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's just about getting you in, right? Or you have a key to get in. So once you're in, you don't need the key anymore. If you want to get back in, if you leave and you go back in, you need the key again. But once you're in, you don't need the key. So is that how this, should we be thinking of it? That Derech Eretz, the version of Torah for us, is just the key? And like, okay, once you're in, that you, you, you can't get in without the key, but once you're in, the key is uh, no longer necessary. What we're going to see next week is, it's not like that. Even after a person gets into that place of Torah in its purest form, there, there is still a great, a great te'eles and a great purpose and a great function of of the first version of Torah that's called Derech Eretz. So again, Bez Hashem, next week we'll see that and then uh, we'll move on to uh, the next part of the story in Sefer Yeshua. Okay, yeah,